passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back to Inside the Forest. I am your host, Cameron Debro. Uh, I'm really, really glad to be back. A lot of things in life, a broken laptop, a lot of other things were happening. Um, I'm really, really happy that you guys were smart enough to reach out and be like, hey, when's this coming back? I got texts, I got emails, I got Twitter DMs, I got Facebook messages. Really happy that you guys reached out. Um, I'm not going to be taking a hiatus like that again. Um, everything seems to be sorted out. I think we'll be good to come back weekly. Uh, today, I have a bit of a bigger show. Uh, I want to really talk about NIL and Wake Space in that. Uh, I want to talk about Wake Forest football, just a little bit of their outlook um, and, you know, what they need, what they don't need going in that. And a little bit about Wake basketball. You know, it's the dog days of summer for pretty much all sports as we're just about finished. Uh, I believe track and field are still going, but we're on the last legs of sports being played right now. Um, so without further ado, let's get into it. Uh, first, NIL. Uh, <laughs> a lot has happened since I last released the podcast um, from Jordan Addison entering the transfer portal um, and ending up at USC out west uh, to Nick Saban accusing Jimbo Fisher and Deion Sanders of buying recruits or recruiting class in the, in the case of Jimbo Fisher. Uh, there's, there's a lot of that. I mean, there's, a, and I think with a lot of, I've seen this a lot with Wake and I've seen a lot with, the, with smaller schools like a Vanderbilt, like Northwestern. These are schools that can't really have the budget or the manpower to throw dollar bills at recruits. I mean, I think about, I, I, one of the, my favorite things to do is the charity bowl that the people from Shutdown Fullcast do. And I know I, I always love seeing it. When you look at a school like Michigan, Michigan has like more living alumni than Wake has alumni. Wake is just a team that will never win a piggy bank battle against people in a, in a different tier of just manpower. And that's okay. That's fine. That's that's never that that's fine. When I look at NIL and I, and I see it, the fears of people, and it's like, well, you know, what happens? Why are we assuming certain things? Certain people are going to come back. Why are we assuming everyone's going to come back? There's a transfer portal. There's NIL. And I, my first response is kind of really, and I don't, and I, I never want to trivialize it. I don't. I think that people have a right to be afraid of everything. I mean, and people, it's a new thing. You've seen people jump into the portal that have really kind of shocked some people. I mean, even in baseball, like Tommy White um, in state baseball would kind of shock some people. And I mean, even with that, that's not NIL related. There's a completely different another story of that, but it's not NIL related. It's not as it's not this boogeyman that we like to make it out to be. It's not. There are many more there. I would say it, it's an 
70-30 split of kids who just could not care less or aren't good enough to have NIL deals like thrown at them in their recruitment or when they're at school to those who actually care to those who actually care about it or will really and will care about it and are good enough to have them. I remember one of the sentiments I got last year from the ACE kickoff from players was a lot of them don't care. Um, some of them, some of them definitely do. And, you know, you kind of can spot the ones that are really trying to maximize their earnings right now. Um, but a lot of them are in the, being a student is a full-time job. They don't have a lot of time to sit out there and, and figure out, you know, I need to make all these obligations to, to make up to all these events and do all these things they need to do in my in this contract and some of them are just like you know like i'm having fun playing college football that's good enough for me um and i think it really trivializes and they kind of and i talked to recruits that really are kind of hurt by who like the the idea that their decision is based in nil when it's in reality based in their relationships with the schools. I know some, I know sometimes, depending on the school, it's hard to believe. But, I mean, I look at a situation like Jordan Addison, and I know NIO is thrown out there. Pitt matched the offer. <laughs> From basically everything I heard, Pitt had matched the offer. And it's something that, you know, people kind of look at the portal, like, well, the portal's bad. You know, he's got more money at USC. And I look at it and go, well, what about the other part of the human side of it where he'd be on his third wide receivers coach at Pitt in three years? I mean, something that really goss over, like Pitt, had, like Pitt is on their third wide receivers coach in three years. And one of the reasons Texas was in the running for Tornadison was the wide receivers coach that was there at Pitt last year is now at Texas. We really love our like the assistant coaches and they're like, yeah, they, they make these great relationships and it's like, you know, commit to the school not coaches a lot of people a lot of kids commit to the coaches um they know a that this this is the right coach to get them to where they, they believe this is the right coach to get them where they need to go but the other side of that is you know they really connect like part of the being recruiting recruiter is actually connecting with the player right? they're your trust like especially with them or their families are tr trusting these 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 people with your kids for three four or five years you can't just do it just because of money. They, a lot of times they'll do it is, if money is involved. That's, that's one thing, but mostly because that this is a person that they think they can trust the, their kid with and get them to where they need to be and keep them safe. And I think it really kind of hurts when it's like you see all these deals and you go, well, you know, A.T. Perry turned down an NIL deal. That was something reported by Andrea Adelson um, and something I had also heard as well before she reported it. Like A.T. Barry was broached and didn't go anywhere. He's not the only person on the Wake Forest team that was approached and didn't go anywhere, whether that's this year or last year. Like, this isn't like a new thing. This is just because we don't, just someone doesn't say it doesn't mean it isn't happening. I look at NIL in, in the space of Justice Ellison, who got a pretty decent size NIL deal for who he was last year, donated it all, it all to charity. There are more of these stories of guys staying where they are or when they get an NIL deal from wherever it is, just donating to charity. And a lot of times, but a lot of times we like to vilify it because we see the, we see the big numbers of maybe an $8 million man 
um, going to some Rocky Top school or we see some guys like, oh, yeah, NIL is being thrown at them from some billionaire whose stock is crashing. Like we, we, we see the bad because it's more apparent. But a lot of times like, there is a lot more. There's a lot of good going into it. And I really wish that was highlighted more. Uh, that's something I, I need to do a better job of um, as well. But there is a lot more. There's a lot of good and a lot more good going on when it comes to NIL. It doesn't need to be regulated. Absolutely. There's definitely a lot of things that need to be reined in with it. It's not a perfect entity by itself. The NCAA squeeze the toothpaste a lot and are trying to put it back in and trying to blame everyone else. And everyone's like, no, 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 no. This is your fault. But it, it, I, I don't want it to be this vilified thing because I think Wake does have a important place there. Like they're not going to win a piggy bank challenge when they won. And that's why I think an idea of, you know, maybe let's funnel it all to football and basketball only. And if you're a certain poster on the 24-7 boards, this isn't just directed at you. I've seen this idea from on Twitter, from, from both Wake and non-Wake people. Of, you know, why don't we just funnel it all into the two main sports that make the most money? You're not going to get into a bidding war with these people. Like, if you're getting to a bidding war with people who have oil money, you're not going to win. That's just Let's just be realistic here. You're not winning there. So many people that have more living alumni then you have total alumni, alive and dead. No, it's it. You're you're just going to be lighting money on fire. And even if you do get one, there's no there's no idea or some grasp that you'll be able to hold on to them. Just be, if they're a type, if they're the type of person that is adamant about having a certain figure right now, they're probably going to be tempted, you know, down the road if they don't get the right playing time. Do that, and there are certain people like that. There are certain players like that, but those aren't the players Wick has ever traditionally recruited. And so I kind of look at that and go, you know, that's that's fine, you know, but what but what should Wake's sort of idea be? And I think they're starting to do it, and it's more the developmental piece. You don't come to Wake Forest football. You don't come to Wake Forest basketball. You don't come to Wake Forest golf, tennis, soccer. Maybe some of the soccer and tennis teams, but most of the, most times not. You're not coming to Wake Forest as a one or two year person. You're coming there for three, four, five years, and part of that should be working on yourself, developing yourself, learning how to market yourself. That's not just a skill to make money in terms of using your sport. You market yourself every time you apply to a job. You market yourself every time you're at your job, every time you're walking down the street. That's just developing your your skills as a person, is learning how to market yourself. And that's something Wake, I think, can offer. And I think a lot of schools that are higher academic can really start to offer is, you know, especially now that the 25-man limit, uh, if you didn't hear about this, the 25-man limit designed to really – rein in roster churn and not allow schools to sign 35, 40 kids and you know, just kick out the ones the year prior, the year before that, who aren't, who maybe aren't producing, uh, it's been eliminated. And I think that's something Wake can really sell, Wake can really sell is, you know, we don't over recruit. We recruit for, they recruit for as many spots they have. They don't, they don't try to say, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll sign 26 and figure it out. They recruit as many spots as they have, and when they're done, they're done. And and then they can say, hey, you know, this is a place you're not going to get cut from. Um, if you do your job, if you do your job, you're, you're never going to get cut. And even if you don't, you'll still probably never, never get cut anyways. 
but we're going to learn, we're going to make you develop, we're going to develop you as a person and as a football player and as a student and as an adult. And I think that's something that in the range of where they're recruiting is more beneficial for them. Like I, I keep getting back to the point that they're not going to win a piggy bank challenge. You know who's not winning piggy bank challenges right now? FSU. Florida State is having a not great time football recruiting wise. Partially because of NIL and it's not because of lack of people. I mean, sometimes they're just they're just not winning certain things because of money. And if they're getting out bid for certain players and I know with the whole Travis Hunter thing, it definitely opened their eyes and so in the areas like, hey, we need to, this is how this is how we need to structure NIL deals and you know, maybe need to up funds in this in, in different ways, um, to like make sure that people can have not not in the sense of buying a player, but in the sense of, you know, like what are the opportunities we have for them? If FSU is getting out pivoted in that and they have way more resources and more money to throw at that than anyone else in their in, in terms of their alumni base. Wake's not Wake doesn't have a chance in that. Wake doesn't have a chance to to do that. But it also gets to the point of, you know, you look at football, no one's throwing a huge NIL deal at the number 600 player in the country. No one's throwing a huge NIL deal at the 56th ranked edge in the country. Like no one's throwing it at a, at the top five or 400 guy, unless it's someone that like might be super undervalued and that really cares about it. But for the most part, people aren't throwing money at those people. And we've seen with guys like AT and guys like Sam and guys like Roberson and all these other guys and that, you know, if you build a certain culture, people will stay. I, mean, I know culture is something that's always thrown around and always like, yeah, it's our culture is good. Culture is great. Never really know what your culture is until it's really pressed. And there's these guys, there's these guys that are super, super talented players and have decided to stay. And I, and I know people are like, well, Jamie left, whatever. There's different, there's different stories for everyone why they leave. But I mean, for the people, again, like an AT Perry that was approached, he stayed. That dude is one of the best wide receivers in the country, arguably the best wide receiver in the ACC, especially now that Addison's gone. This dude could have gone anywhere and decided, no, stand here. And I think that's more indicative of the culture you build and what you need to have there versus saying, you know, let's just funnel all this money and try to compete against the big boys in terms of money. No, I think there's, I think, I think great way is, you know, if you have enough money to spread around across the entire athletic department so the students can have a little, can, can kind of just live comfortably doing whatever they do. I mean, that's the better avenue of of an NIL collective versus it trying to be let's go up against duke and kentucky for top basketball recruits because that's just not going to work for you because what happened was one of two things is going to happen they're rather going to see a deal later on in their career if they're really that if they're really that heavy about about nil they're going to see a deal later on in their in their career and jump ship at that or option number two the teammates Everyone talks. Everyone knows what's being made around them. If they see that and go, oh, wow, 
I know I'm better than him. All these stats say I'm better than him. And this dude's making 200K and I'm making 75K, 50K. And someone else offers me 250K or 300K, I'm leaving. And it, and Wake's like, well, I can't do anything about this. And I, we don't have, we don't have our, the, like, our, the NLL collective is looking at them like, we don't have enough funds for this. And it's like, okay, cool, bye. And I feel like it's weird that I'm talking this sort of candidly about sort of, I guess, pay for play when it's not, and it is, but it's not. And it's like, but that's just how things operate. And I get the boogeyman sense in that. And it's like, you know, people are looking for our, for the bigger pay. And it's like, with that's the type of people you recruit. And that's, that's some, that's probably have to deal with there. That's not in the wheelhouse of where you're recruiting. It's not really something you have to worry about. And so I just don't want this to be this big boogeyman because I think that I is something that Wake can really, really, really attack in a smart way. But I don't think it's in a way that's just throwing money at the problem. I think it's in a way that it needs to build off the brand, needs to be sort of a circular thing of this is our recruiting pitch. Here's how that plays into it. And here's how that plays into it involved and includes our recruiting pitch. And it's just this sort of circular idea. And so I I get the I get frustration I get it wanting to be, it's a scary new landscape, but I promise it's not it's 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 going to be a shorter storm than we think. I think Wake will be just fine in sort of this era. Um, and for now we're going to hear a word from our sponsors. So I'm a father of one. I got to find a babysitter. I found Care.com and I was blown away. Through the platform, I was able to find local and experienced candidates along with their reviews and rates, which were way more affordable than I anticipated. Care.com really put me at ease knowing that they were all required to go through a background check. If you're like me and you need to find someone reliable for your child care necessities, check out Care.com. Find the ideal sitters for your child care needs. All right, now that we're back, I uh, want to give a quick shout out to the Spring All-Americans. Um, I want to highlight the spot the non-revenue sports. Um going to go Michael Brennan, second team um, golfer by GCAA, uh, Sid Banthia and, and Jacob Schneider, uh, men's tennis team, uh, reached, I, reached ITA All-American status by making it to the quarter finals of the doubles tournament. Eduardo uh, Nava, men's tennis uh, made it to the quarters as well, so we received All-American status. Uh, Anna Bryland and Brooke Collingsworth, women's tennis, uh, were a top eight seed at the NCAA tennis tournament, which means they automatically qualified for All-American status. Uh, Cara, Caroline Chikara, second team WGCAA, WGCA. Uh, Rachel Keane, first team women's golfer, uh, of course. And then Brandon Tinsman. Wake men's uh, Wake baseball thirteen by college baseball. Congrats everyone on that. Really, really, I want to make sure I highlight <laughs> just not just the revenue sports and make sure that people that aren't on the the big two sports quote unquote are getting getting their just due. So now I kind of want to turn my attention to Wake football. Uh, spring camp is done. No one else can enter the portal unless they're a grad transfer. Uh, I'm going to still be eligible for next year. One thing I, I've noticed the last couple of weeks, and shout out to a good friend, Bill Connolly, uh, Wake comes in to SP Plus as, you know, not as high 
as they would really, really want to be. Um, got there was a lot of flack on that for for Bill Connolly this year. Uh, that Wake Forest was the 47th ranked team coming into it. Uh, let me just go ahead and say, projection systems don't hate Wake Forest in the sense of they think it's just a terrible team. Um, there's there's multiple sides to it. Partially, I I use a lot of it. I use Bill Connolly's. I use Billingsley. I use Congrove. I use a, use a bunch of different stuff to make up my projections uh, for both betting and just just for my general knowledge of like where these teams sort of sit. Um, and a lot of them are pretty aligned on Wake Forest, including the, the numbers that I use for myself. A lot of them are decently aligned on Wake Forest. And it's one of the things that pretty much everyone with the projection system identifies Wake as a team of like, that team is too low, but there's nothing I can do about it without consistent, without, you can't unwind it without breaking everything else and then everything else is wrong. Wake Forest is just an outlier team in a good and bad way. There are some things that they do that are, there are structural ways that they do things that are kind of issues. I mean, the pace of play on offense, something that I've noted, is never going to be conducive to having a good event. They're always going to be something that is, they're never, they're, they're barely going to be an, an average defense, maybe slightly above average defense, the way with the how fast they play. Um, that's just something that you just got to chalk it up to. One of the things for SP Plus was that Wake was just not good defensively, stopping the run on first and second down and early downs. They were pitiful stopping the run. They created turnovers. That's great. But they, they when it comes to repeatable things and Creating turnovers isn't something repeatable. Um, and it, it, it's something that's kind of a luck-based statistic, and it's it, you can't really rely on them. But you you take stuff that's repeatable, and part of that is getting yards or stopping yards on first and second down. Up until this year, Wake was terrible at getting yards on first down and second down. They were really bad at it. And that was a big proponent. That was a big reason why something like an SP plus was like, Hey, this, this offense maybe isn't as good as it is. And that's why sometimes we saw this team struggle a bit, you know, getting things going because it was because they struggled getting the best, the best third down you can get is the ones you don't face. And wake all way continually find, found themselves in a second and eight or in a third and seven and a third and eight. And they get, they, they bail themselves out of it, but that's not something a lot of teams can do. And it's, so it's not, it's not really a sustainable process to say, because this one team is doing it, everyone else, if you, it's fine if anyone else does it that way. Um, and sometimes they just defy math and that's okay. Um, but, but, but the thing getting back to projection system is a lot of them agree. Like a lot of them I, I look back at some of the stuff I use had Wake outside the top 20. Um, I know some things that do involve recruiting rankings are definitely going to be lower than uh, than some. And like I know F, FPI, FBI has involves recruiting rankings and Wake's outside the top 30 when they're new ones. Um, 
but it's just something that you just kind of take on the chin and move on your wake because they're just one they're just something that's going to be an anomaly when it comes to projection systems just because of the way they run their offense and that's okay that's fine there are there things they need to shore up yes defense has to get better they can't they can't be having the 97th ranked defense according to sp plus um i know some other places like like fei which is another place i used um by brian Fermo. i know he had them as the i believe the 62nd ranked defense um, and I think he had Wake finishing 22nd. Um, but even still, like they Wake's, Wake's defense has to get better than what it is. Um, offensively, they need to be able to run the ball better. They didn't run the ball well last year. Just didn't. Um, so, yeah, there are other things they need to work on, yeah. But projection systems don't hate Wake Forest for no reason. There is a reason for it. Some of it, like recruiting, is kind of spotty, and it is what it is. Some of it is, well... They, there's just certain things they do that aren't going to agree with it. And that's okay. Um, we're getting soon to turn the page to 2022. It's, I'm very excited for the 2022 season. Um, I know Les Johns released his offensive de- defensive weight to death charts. I'm um, helped a little bit on those and, you know, kind of a couple things stuck, stuck out to me. Uh, one thing was defensive tackle death. I'm the biggest fan of a guy like Kobe Turner. I mean, he was a FCS All-American for multiple years. I think that's really positive. Dion, Ber- Dion Bergon Jr., someone I'm really, really high on, really, really enjoy him. Kevin Pointer, I really liked him when they got him out of the portal uh, from Louisiana Monroe. Played a few played a few games last year, ended up getting banged up, didn't really see it coming in. See more toward the end of the season. Uh, Tyler Williams, if he's healthy, best defensive tackle on the team. Is he healthy, though? He looks healthy right now. Well, let's stay that way. Um, fingers crossed. Uh, so, I mean, you have three and a half, four defensive tackles. But, and again, I allude to Tyler Williams. If he goes down, are you? is Bernard Gooden, a redshirt freshman, ready to step in for snaps? Justin Williams, who I really haven't heard much from or about in the last year, year and a half, is he, is he ready to do something? Are they going to? Can you kick at Isaiah Cheney inside? I mean, he's really the only option on that defense to kick inside from the ends. Because you're not kicking Bothroyd in. You're not kicking Jacory or Sheen or Kendra Wayman. Um, I think defense tackle is something that is, and it's not just because they lost. Um, they lost a freshman defense tackle to the portal, um, Jalen Swindell. It is just the thing. That's just how the... I, I think it was, it was, I mean, it was pertinent they got Kobe Turner. I think they, even if they didn't get him, they would have found a defensive tackle to take. But it's a thing of, I think they're razor thin at DT, and I think what they have is really good. But I think there needs to be an emphasis on getting Justin Williams and Bernard Gooden ready this year. I think, I think one of them has to be playable. I think one of them has to be playable because I don't think you can last – a whole season with four defensive tackles. Uh, another thing that stuck out to me was the cornerback death. Um, and it's less of bodies like it is in defense in the DT room and more of is anyone else ready? Uh, Isaiah Wingfield, now he's healthy, really would have been nice to know if he, that he wasn't healthy all year last year because last year when he came on the field, they were waving a white flag. 
it was so bad last year when he came on the that they were putting putting two separate safeties in at corner versus putting in Wingfield. And something that you really wouldn't expect because he was an all-Ivy DB, looked really good on film, wasn't really understanding what was going on there. Uh, turns out he really, he wasn't healthy all year. Um, looked healthy in spring, looked good. Um, I know Cam Carson missed the spring, so they really got to get more reps in for Wingfield. Um, Deshaun Jones, a redshirt freshman, uh, looked good. They got three freshmen come in with Zamari Stevenson, who is one of the more athletic people on the team already. Uh, they all, by the way, uh, all the freshmen minus uh, Eli Hall, uh, Darrell Johnson, and Brett Griffiths will be on campus this Sunday, as well as transfers are going to start coming in as well. So that includes safety Brendan Harris, that includes tight end Jaeger Bull. Uh, the Elger Gromson linebacker transfer is already on, on campus um, right now. So yeah, people will start trickling campus on, on Sunday, the 12th. Excited to see that. But yeah, that, look at the corner rooms, Mario Stevenson, Andre Hodge, who is blazingly fast and running and, and running some insane hundred meter dashes right now. Uh, he looked physically ready. Is he going to be ready to do that, to, to get in the, in the games? Uh, Jamari Glasker was a guy that really, didn't want getting out until he signed him. Uh, they're really high on him. Will he be ready year one? I don't know. Um, there's just a lot of unknowns there. Um, and you look at kind of the the safety side of things, and you see a guy like you see a guy like Kobe Davis, and you see a guy like JJ Roberts. What are those guys going to do in terms of the slot receivers? Or is there the nickel corners? Like, are those guys going to be playable there? Kobe Davis is probably their best nickel guy. Um, are they going to – do they feel comfortable enough in the safety room to make him their full-time third corner? Um, I don't really know. Uh, it, it's something that I wouldn't be surprised, especially either – I think either DT or corner – I, I wouldn't be surprised if somehow they found out someone was there. I'm not sure, though. Um, but I also think the same is really at wide receiver as well. Um, I, mean, I know we're all really, really, really excited about getting Donovan Green back, and you have A.T. Perry, and you have the slot duo of Taylor Marin and Keyshawn Williams, who deserves all this back. If you can find a way to go all four of them on the field at once, do it, and you figure it out later. Um, and I think that's going to be an interesting thing to watch for this fall is, you know, if they feel good about where the offensive line is and they don't necessarily feel as good about where the tight end room is because it's so thin. I think it's yeah, it's really Blake Whitehart, Eager Bull, and then we're going to figure out what Cam Hyde is real quick. Um they don't, they don't feel comfortable about tight ends, but they feel really good about the offensive line. Are we going to see a, a, a few more uh, four wide receiver sets? Uh, I'd enjoy it. I mean, I, I think if you put all four of those guys in the field really quickly, it's great. But then behind that, you know, what's what's there? Uh, Jamal Banks is flashed. He, is fla- he flashed last year, flashed last fall camp. He flashed the spring. Can he put it together? 
You look at Des Williams. Des Williams was was good in spring, albeit against not best competition, but he was good in spring. Um, and I don't think that can be discounted. You know, is he ready? I know he missed basically an entire year of football, but is he ready? I look at Horatio Fields and go, you know, you, he Horatio Fields went from having arguably the worst fall camp I have ever heard where he could not catch a cold to sticky hands, making great grabs. Looks like the guy that they really were like, we found him as a hidden gem from Georgia. And I mean, Christian Green in the slide, I mean, I, I think he's, he's, he's getting there. I don't know if he's there yet. And you got two freshmen coming in, and Jaden Gerard, who won a state championship at Jesuit High School down in Florida. Uh, really good program. I think they got a linebacker going to Clemson. That program is really talented. Gerard is good, and I think in a couple of years, he's the guy that I'm going to be like, hey, remember him? He's now one of the better receivers in the ACC. Is he physically ready to contribute in the ACC? I don't know. Uh, Wesley Grimes, one of the highest rated signees in Wake Forest history. Um, I think he will end up thriving in the slot, maybe as a Z receiver. Um, his his build is I like I like his build, but I don't know I don't know if he ends up being a true X receiver like a like a Donovan or like an AT. Um, is he ready? Um, I mean, just because he's highly rated doesn't mean he's ready. And I think the same thing about Tamon Claiborne as well. But, you know, Wake Forest playbook isn't something easy to pick up. It's not something you just go, ah, this is immediately easy. We're running just these simple pro concepts. It's a lot of nuance to, to get in and, you know, freshmen hit a wall, especially if they don't enroll early. And I would not be surprised if they also tried to limit either Gerard or Grimes or both limit their games to four games unless they just pull on Evan Slocum and are just that much better than what you have so far slash injuries. Um, and I think that's probably the smart move. I mean, you lose A.T. Perry after this year more than likely. Uh, Donovan Green, if he has the season you think he should, you know, I think he's a candidate to maybe be gone. If not, cool. You got, But then you only have one more year with him after that. Um, and a bunch of unknowns. Um, so I think it's smart to keep those guys happy, but also keep those guys like, hey, we, we're going to need you for for the long haul. Um, and if they're ready to help you win, to win games and not, and by ready to mean help you win games, I don't mean like, oh, you know, you can put them in and they won't kill you. I mean, we saw that, saw what looked like that. Donovan Green was one of the best receivers in, in his class and looked like a chump against Clemson in his first in his first game. I know it's Clemson, but he looked like a, he he didn't look good in his first ever game against Clemson. There's only so much being a highly talented recruit can get you. Um, at a certain at the end of the day, you need to you need to get stronger, you need to get faster, and some and a lot of times people don't do that until their second year. So I wouldn't be shocked if the wide receiver popped out and ended up on the team. Um, just not hinting at anything for any of those three positions, no. Um, I just wouldn't be shocked. I mean, right now I have the team at a few scholarships under. I think I have them at four under. I mean, if they added up added one or two players, that wouldn't really shock me. I mean, ball camp's not till not till August, man. They got time. Um, but I'm excited about this team. You know, I I I think there's I I see a lot of win totals at eight and a half. That's the number I said I wouldn't touch. Um, I don't really want to touch an, a nine-win season. 
do I think they win nine, 10 games? Yeah. Do I think math wise, it's smart for me to bet it? No, I don't think so at all, but I think they're set up. Well, I mean, I, I think the Atlantic is going to be a three team race again. Uh, I don't really have the most confident for confidence in an FSU team that I don't know if they're, if the receiver they're counting on will be ready by the time the great game rolls around um, or if they even have right receivers in general, I'm not really confident in that offensive line still. I think a lot of questions of is Jared verse going to be as good as Jermaine Johnson was. And I think the answer right now is no. And that's not a slide of Jared verse. I just don't think that one person is automatically going to be a top 10 pick in the NFL draft next year. Um, that's a pretty high bar. I mean, Syracuse has a lot to figure out offensively. Um, can they throw the ball? Uh, is there anything else besides Sean Tucker and Garrett Schrader's legs? Uh, I think Louisville is going to be another fun team to talk about. Uh, I mean, they're always they they added some good pieces to the transfer from transfer portal. Lost some pieces from the transfer portal. Uh, I mean, I have no idea when like what's going to go on there. And so, I mean, they get UNC, they get out, they get out of conference schedule that if they do not go that, if they don't start season three and oh, just chalk the season. I mean, VMI, good team for their own right, but Wake should destroy that team. Uh, Vanderbilt, uh, I know Clark Lee is a great coach. Really like Clark Lee. Uh, that team is a couple of, that team is still a couple of years away from contributing. Uh, Liberty. I know they have Malik. I know they have Malik Willis. Uh, that team lost a lot on offense this year, this past year. They lost a lot. Um, Hugh Freeze, good coach. Don't think that should be a game. I think that should be a game. Wake wins by 14, 17 points right now, and you move on. Um, I know you get. I know you get Clemson early. Uh, you get UNC later in the season. And Tuesday should be a good team. Uh, and I mean, Army, stop playing that game. Please stop playing that game. Duke, I Duke is I Michael Elko like him. Don't think that's a competitive game. Still, Boston College, they get home. Wake's got that. I'm, I'm not the biggest believer in Yurkovich. I, I think it's a it's a it's a good season, and I think both last year and the what they're looking at this year are going to be. I think I think what they're looking at this year and what they're telling recruits is I mean it's supposed to be another good year and you can look at, like we can look at the the rankings I mean right now Wake's 14th in the 24/7 sports recruiting rankings uh, and partially for that is you know they're they have 11 commits and you see teams like a I don't know Oregon and a, and a Texas and a Michigan have five six four recruits Alabama only has four recruits. Uh, Oklahoma has five recruits, you know, and I, I don't think they necessarily stay a top 15, top 20 class, but I think this is a class that I I, th- I think they're going to take 10 to 12 more recruits that are 11 for right now. I think, they, I think this ends up being maybe a 20 to 22, 23 class, depending on how some things shake out, depending on if they can land the right combination of people. And I think that's a class that could end up in the top 30. I don't think it, I don't think it ends up outside of the top 40 as of right now. I think it has a chance to be a top 30 class, and I think that's – people are seeing what's going on there. All right, so turning on more to Wake basketball. Uh, if you hadn't heard, Jake LaRavia is staying in the draft and will not be playing in Wake Forest uniform. Uh, 
wish the best for Jake. It's that it was really it came down to the wire, and I think he made made a good decision. Um, is it? It's not my place to say is that the right decision or not. I think he made a good decision um, for him, and wishing the best of luck. And you know, the next thing for Wake Forest and for Steve Forbes and crew is to say, you know, what's next. Um, I think they're really happy with the with the portal hall they got of Andrew Carr from Delaware. Um, he plays um, four, so kind of not a Jake replacement, but is definitely going to be asked to play a lot of those minutes now. Uh, Davion Bradford, a center from Kansas State who had a decent freshman year, but last year really dealt with injuries and COVID and pneumonia and a whole host of other stuff that really kind of showed him stat sheet. Uh, Jao Tuka from uh, Marist was was that conference's rookie of the week nine times and ended up on one of the best on the list for the most one of the best uh, freshmen in the country alongside Jabari Smith, Chet Holmgren, uh, Paolo Banquero. Like this isn't something that like he's a, a he's someone that just didn't get recruited highly out of out of school uh, partially because of COVID and then you know, kind of popped off at you know arguably yes a lower level but. At a certain point, basketball is just basketball, and this dude can hoop. Um, they also got Tyree Appleby, uh, a graduate transfer from Florida. Uh, really should fit in with the starting role pretty well. And they also added a uh, four-star on highly talented uh, recruit from Sweden, um, who now who then played at Sunrise Christian in Arizona, uh, Bobby Clintman. Um, Bobby's not with the team right now. Not for anything bad. He's just playing with these uh, training with the Swedish national team ahead of uh, ahead of their national trials. So he'll be joining the team after they finish up in late June. Right now they're going through. They just had their first practice yesterday. Going through everything. Um, starting with the transfer portal. Uh, we ain't hearing nothing. We're not hearing anything. <laughs> and I know that's scary. It's so scary. And I know people are like. What are we? What are we doing? What's this and that? And I want to say two things. One, remember how this was before they landed Atuka and Carr and Appleby and Bradford. There was nothing out there. You heard nothing about Wake. You heard Wake was reaching out to all the people, but it was whenever you talked to Connects, it was like we're not. We're, we checked in. Dude's out of fit. Um, checked in. Dude can't even get in here if he tried. And. There's all these people, and you, you talk about it, and you, and you, and it's now you get into the the dog days of June, and you go, wow, like what's going on here? Like and we don't hear anything, and it's partially because of players wanting to keep things quiet, and partially because the coaches want to keep things quiet. And it's not just Wake Forest coaches; everyone wants to keep things quiet. Everyone wants to. Everyone's putting so much effort into getting these guys, and not and not talking as much and we don't hear anything. I mean, the name thrown off Pete Nance staff staff is talking to Pete Nance. They're, they're going after the Northwestern trans on um, transfer who withdrew his name from the portal. But after him, you haven't heard, no one's heard anything on Nance. The last thing we heard about was UNC Gonzaga and Illinois. Uh, Illinois promised that Matthew Mayer, when they got him, they wouldn't recruit uh, Pete Nance. So they're out of it. Gonzaga's out of, Gonzaga's out of scholarships. And if it was just UNC, he would have committed to UNC. So I think Pink Nance is really taking his time. Um, the second part of it is just we don't we don't 
no one no one is just everyone wants to just take their time and it doesn't matter no one's like that no one's on campus and it's not nothing's happening right now it's not like the next game's next week got months we're in june the first practice was just yesterday we'll be fine and even if they if they don't i still don't think it's that big of a deal i mean you're really playing with i know people are like well you know what happens with an injury whatever that's just kind of that's every team right that's every team in the country minus Houston and FSU and FSU took everyone that got an injury for FSU last year, but that's really just the reality of college basketball right now. No one's playing your 10, 11, 12 man rotations. People are playing and talking to recruits and saying, you're, we're going to play an eight, nine man rotation. You're going to get, you're going to get 30 minutes. That's just kind of the reality of things. I know people are like, well, we need to do this and do this. And it's like, what are you going to tell someone? Like you can't, can't really do anything about that. Um, and so, yeah, so I think coaches are being quiet for a reason. Um, I don't want to call them paranoid, but I think, I think evals matter same way they do in football. If, if someone gets a, if a wide receiver gets a Wake Forest offer, people, people pay attention to it. it, it like there, and there are other examples around the country of, of certain offers going out and you go, okay, you know, this, this team sees something in them. Maybe we take a second look at them. Um, and kind of rings true for teams in college basketball, especially Wake Forest. I mean, especially after LaRavia and Dallas Walden and Alonis Williams, you'll think people are really looking at that and going, oh, maybe they actually know something. And it's not just the not just the uh, an ego thing. Like that's that's a real thing. Like coaches college coaching, a lot of it is 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 a is a mimicking game. It's you know, like they're doing some things that we need to do. And that goes with recruiting as well. Um, I know part of it, part of the first day of practice is always like here, like, oh, what do you hear? What do you hear to hear? And, you know, you look at the starters and you kind of go, no one knows who's starting right now. And, and an issue that was kind of brought up was, you know, what happens if a guy like Rob McCray or Lucas Taylor or even a Cam Hildreth doesn't really play a lot of snap, not a lot of minutes this year. That's fine. Freshman and second year players are bad, man. I, I I think we get into this thing that freshmen, whether they're they're kind of highly taught or you beat you beat other P five P six teams for them, they're gonna come in their first year or second year. We really oh, we really out evaluated everyone else. Maybe you did that happens sometimes, but I think this time it's it, I think Miller often not. It's you know they're getting used to the they're getting used to the game. They're getting used to playing college people. They're used to put like they're all these kids are used to being the best athletes on the field and on the court, and now they're not. And you know you're you're coming to terms with that, and you're they're fixing the things that were little issues for that weren't really that big of issues for them in high school, and now bigger issues for them in college. And they need to that little that little hitch in their shot is different. That one step they need to actually take to close out that's that's an issue with them. A little bit more intense they need they need on defense to contest shots. That's 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 something they need to fix. The one pass they need to make, that's then something they need to fix. And are these specific things about those three the three Wake Forest uh sophomores? No. But is, are there things they need to fix? Yeah, there are things. And it's not I don't but I don't think there's an issue that you know you bring in a guy like Jao Tuka that was just underrated as hell <laughs> really there's an issue with that i don't think there's an issue you know of them bringing in an andrew Carr and then bringing in 
a two grad tra- well, well, I mean, David David Williamson coming back is also an, another addition. Like they they brought in Appleby and they brought back Davian Williamson instead of you know putting things on the, the younger guys. And I don't think that's an indictment of them or a miss eval. Um, again, if this is this isn't meant to be at a certain poster, this is meant to be more of a general statement. Because I, I know people have these sort of worries of you know if younger guys aren't playing, maybe they'll hit the portal and they'll do this. And it's like, I mean, honestly, I think if if Sometimes you just miss eval people, and that's okay. And I don't know. I don't think there's a going to be a class of, of all miss evals. But I think in a, in a sense of if you want to win now, you can't go into the next season saying, "I don't know, man. I think this dude can do it, but it's gonna he's gonna have to make a break in the season." No one wants that. Coaches, fans hate that feeling. Coaches hate that feeling more. It keeps them up at night. And. And so not saying that they're not able to do it, but if you have to question it, then, you know, maybe they need an extra year. And I think there's a benefit in bringing these talented guys because, I mean, wait, the EC is going to be going to be better next, next year. Right? It's not going to be like, I know we don't like the, the thing of the AC was down. The AC, was the AC as good as it has been in the past year? No. And I think they kept something like a wake out of the tournament. But I think the ACC takes a step forward next year. And I think that Wake Forest takes a step next year. I don't know if that'll be reflected in the win column. Um, I think they'll be a good, if not better, team. Um, I think this is a team that's going to be one that's a bit more balanced. Um, but I think that's a team they need. They they want you can't just take a step back. You can't just say I just had the AC Player of the Year, a borderline first round draft pick, and Jake Ravia and Nolan Williams, and say ah, we're kind of cool what we have. No, like you need to make sure you keep that. That's how you keep your job. And I don't think there's a big, that big of an issue of, you know, if a couple of freshmen or sophomores aren't playing that first or second year, I think that third year is where you make that sort of call. But I think for now, it's fine. We're fine. June, we should all be at the beach anyway. Um, Please make sure to like, comment, subscribe. I know this one was the longer episode that I usually make them. Um, there was a lot to talk about, and I'm happy to be back. Happy y'all are listening to it. Uh, yeah, like, comment, subscribe. If you guys have any questions, feel free to hit me up on Facebook, hit me up on Twitter, hit me on um, my email, inside the forest 1813 at gmail.com. Happy to be back. Thank you, guys, and go Deeks. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.